Hi, and welcome to episode 10 of Joyful and Hope. I'm beyond excited this week that we're already celebrating episode 10. You know, I know it's a small number of episodes, but it's still an accomplishment for this podcast. I personally feel that God is overseeing this podcast, overseeing the message, and making sure that those that need this message the most will be downloading and listening to the podcast on a weekly basis. Thank you again for those that are downloading and following our podcast. We have plenty more to come. With that being said, let's recap last week's episode. Last week, we continued our discussion on the fruits of the Spirit, and we focused on the power of love. We talked about Valentine's Day and how so many of us spend a lifetime looking for true love. We spent endless amounts of money on giving and receiving love. And some of us do find that special someone, and others find that they're looking their whole life You know, hundreds of millions of people actually spend time and money on dating apps and websites looking for true love. Why is that? Well, remember, love is probably the number one emotion and feeling we universally seek. God did that intentionally. Remember, God equals love. You know, the Bible says in 1 John 4, 16, we know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. God is love and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. We must practice love just like Jesus did. This includes loving not only those in our inner circle, but also loving and praying for those that are against us. You know, if we are to be Christ-like, this was a major component of his ministry on earth. This takes a whole lot of work and a whole lot of prayer in order to see progress. But if we make a conscious effort, we are on our way. You know, one more thing about love. I was thinking after I finished the episode, I forgot to mention one of the biggest sections of the Bible that describes the romantic love between a man and a woman. And that is the Song of Solomon or the Song of Songs. You know, many people have been confused on the true meaning of the Song of Songs with its more romantic theming. You know, scholars now believe it was truly intended to show what an ideal relationship of love and romance between a man and a woman should look like. If you're looking for true romance and love, Put down the cheap romance novels at the grocery store and read the Song of Songs. Funny story, true story, embarrassing story. My wife was at a women's retreat and they challenged all the women to go home and read out loud the Song of Songs with their spouse. Yeah, (laughs) we tried it. Ended up giggling the whole time and uh, I think my wife thought I was a little over the top with my approach on the uh, reading. No, I don't think I'll be attempting that anytime soon again, but you're more than welcome to. All right. Like I said before, we can go on and on about love, but enough about love right now. If you haven't listened to the last three episodes, do so as they're part of the discussion of the fruits of the Spirit, and they come along with some great stories and discussions about the fruits of the Spirit. If you are liking the podcast, please like and subscribe to the podcast, and also please leave us a five-star rating as we always appreciate it. Now on to episode 10 and our discussion about the power of peace. I'm Stephen Warniak, and this is my podcast, Joyful in Hope. Okay, time to jump back into our discussion about the fruits of the Spirit. I promise by the end of the series, you'll be able to recite the fruits of the Spirit from memory. But if you haven't memorized it yet, here goes. Galatians 5, through 23 says, But the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. This week, we are going to focus on the power of peace. 
Remember, the Bible calls Jesus the Prince of Peace for a reason. In Isaiah 9, 6, it says, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. You know, when working through my notes for this episode, it made me become more aware of daily interactions and how it just seems like many people are truly not at peace. I've told you before, I've worked with the public for well over 20 years, and I love it. I love working with the public. But in my years, I've seen and listened to so many people that are just mad, they're disgusted, they're frustrated, they just come off as downright angry. So many of us are short-fused and get easily upset at what many people would describe as a minor issue or an inconvenience in our day. And I'm not saying everyone, but many of us don't seem like we're at peace at all. There isn't peace at our house with our spouse. There isn't peace with our siblings. There isn't peace with our children. When we're out interacting with people or at work, we are rushing through our day. We're moving at a hectic pace from one thing to the next. We haven't even finished the first thing we intended to do when we left our house. And we're already worried about the next five things we have to accomplish in that day. We make our days so crazy and chaotic that we have no patience, no grace. We have no grace for anything. And ultimately, we're not living at peace. You know, these are just a few things and really just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to what you would call peace stealers. The devil will use many things to steal our peace. Now, time to open up and share some of what I call my peace stealers. How about trying to change people because they don't fit into my mold or the Stephen mold of what I thought everyone should be like? This isn't good at all. We don't, we don't need a world full of Stevens. Let me, let me tell you that right now. You know, from coworkers to my wife, I've tried to influence their behaviors. I often thought if they just acted like this or did things a certain way that it would be better for them. You know, now as I continue my growth in Christ and my walk goes further along, I realize that the real work that needs to happen is in me, not others. I cannot change other people, but I can definitely work on myself. Now, I might be able to influence others and lead by example, but ultimately I need to work on my opportunities and <laughs> let me tell you, there are many of them. I need to stop worrying about changing everybody else. Now, I'm not saying praying and showing a concern for others is bad or guiding someone that asks for help is wrong. What I'm saying is being so concerned on how others are living could really rob you of your peace. So don't do it. I guarantee you'll find more peace if you stop exhibiting this behavior. What about the compare game? I don't care. I've heard people, I, I don't do this. Everybody's guilty of this once in a while, even if you don't realize it. You know what I'm talking about. Here we go. Did you see so-and-so in the, the new car they got? That must be nice. Oh, gosh. I, I saw the big house they got. It's something we always wanted. Good for them. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe so-and-so's on vacation again. I mean, literally, do they ever work? You know, I heard the husband does all the chores around the house. Mine doesn't even get off the couch. No, I, I do do chores around the house. <laughs> Hopefully, I'm making my point, and I'm guilty of this one as well. Sometimes we spend so much time worried about what others have or what they're doing that we aren't even appreciative of what we have. And we also lose a lot of joy and peace worrying about everyone else and playing the compare game. I've been guilty of this at work. So upset or concerned about others getting promotions or accolades when I didn't receive them. I've lost a lot of peace over the years by doing this. I also wasn't doing a very good job of exhibiting Christ-like behaviors. 
I should have been happy and excited for those individuals instead of being down in the dumps and worried about, oh, poor Steven. All right, for those that have kids. Now, let me preface this with everyone knowing that my kids mean the world to me and I wouldn't change anything about them for the world. Now, let me continue by saying some of the days they seem to do a good job at attempting to steal my peace. You know, I come home from work and the basement my wife and I had spent hours cleaning the night before. It looks like a dorm room, right? The kitchen we had cleaned and scrubbed looks like a science experiment had, you know, happened in there. And don't get me started on what the bathroom looks like after two young boys have used it. I come home happy. I'm whistling. I'm excited to see everybody. And within 30 seconds, my blood pressure is through the roof. Oh, and don't get me started on Legos. Those that have kids and Legos. The Lego explosion that is on the floor throughout our house all hours of the day. You know, I know at the end of the day, they are kids and this is what kids do. And we can always clean the house up and teach them the responsibilities, you know, throughout the process. We have three amazing kids and they do provide endless joy. But this is one I struggle with and I'm working through on a daily basis. Some days are better than others, but hey, we're all a work in progress. All right. Lastly, for me, running late. Even when I think I'm going to run late for something and I don't end up being late. This especially hits me hard and bothers me when we're trying to get everyone out the door for church. I said in a previous episode, it doesn't matter if we got up literally at 4 a.m. to get ready for church, which starts at 9.30 a.m. For some reason or another, we end up just making it to church. There's always one individual out of the five of us that for some reason or another is running behind or just can't get themselves up and going. You know, I wake up that morning happy. I'm excited for church. I'm ready for the praise music. You know, I want to hear the message. and Within within minutes, my piece is leaving me quickly, and I'm so frustrated, I'm almost ready to throw in the towel and stay home and stream service instead. You know, these are just several of my piece stealers I struggle with. Many of these examples, they're not life-altering, they're not life-changing. You know, they really won't matter at the end of my journey here on Earth, but there are things I need to work on so I don't allow them to steal my peace. You know, with my kids, they are a blessing. And, you know, I joke around about the messes they leave because sooner than later, they won't be at the house with us. And I know deep inside, it's going to bother me. And I would give anything to step on a Lego brick again. Well, maybe. Uh, <laughs> but I'll definitely miss their little messes scattered throughout the house for sure. You know, we could really go down the rabbit's hole with this one. There are so many things that can steal our peace. And the devil will use anything against us to do so. Other ones that come to mind are school, finances, personal problems, relationship issues. You know, how about the daily news stories that are on repeat 24-7? The stress of seeing the world and the state it is in and all the bad things that seem to be projected on our news feed? Don't even get me going on that. And I'm not saying don't ever turn into news. We should know what's going out there. But if you spend any extended period of time reading or watching the news, you are sure to lose your inner peace. You know, even just listening to the weather report and hearing the four-letter curse word snow in the Northeast, that's enough to steal my peace. But all joking aside, whatever the reason is, many of us, including myself, have a hard time finding and maintaining peace. You know, with all this talk about peace stealers, what exactly is peace, though? You know, I like to do some research on the topic, and with that being said, what is the dictionary's definition of peace? Well, Webster's Dictionary says, in a general sense, a state of quiet or tranquility, freedom from disturbance or agitation applicable to society, to individuals, or to the temper of the mind. 
Let's go a level deeper. It says a state of tranquility. But what is that? You know, I found many definitions for tranquility, but I thought this was a good one. It said it's a peaceful, calm state without noise, violence, or worry. Now, of course, you know human nature, and if we are seeking a state of being or a feeling, we will do anything to attain it. This includes finding peace. You know, I did some research and found some interesting facts about peace and wellness. One of the most popular trends over the last 20 years is to have your quote-unquote spa day. I need a spa day. I need my time. People are willing to shell out the money for a peaceful spa experience. You know, it's predicted that in 2022 that the global market for the spa industry was going to eclipse $127 billion, billion. This money would be spent at spas or visiting hotels or other venues that offer spa memberships or treatments. We spend billions and billions of dollars on vacations seeking peace and revitalization. The global market size for tourism is $631 billion. I know not everyone's on vacation seeking out a quiet getaway, but I think most of us are. Anytime I talk to somebody, they say, I need to get away for a little quiet time. You know, meditation is another pop- popular way to possibly find calmness or peace. What well, is also a huge money maker in the U.S., the meditation and mindfulness industry, they call it, is estimated to be worth over $1.2 billion. Beyond that, you know this, there's thousands of books, CDs, magazines, podcasts, and shows dedicated to attaining and sustaining a peaceful state of mind. My wife and I even discussed the fact that almost every home remodel show that we watch on TV involves the couples, you know, spending thousands and thousands of dollars on creating their peaceful oasis in their house or their personal spa retreat in their bathroom that they could go away to and unwind and relax from their crazy day or their crazy life. With that being said, if peace is one of the fruits of the Spirit, then we know it must be important to God. If it's important to God, we also know it must carry benefits to our well-being if we can gain more peace in our daily life. Here are just a few of the ways that living a peaceful life can actually be beneficial to us. You know, it's proven that the more at peace you are, the better your physical health can be. It'll help you clear your mind and help your mental health, increase your focus, It can help increase your energy, make you more happy and create a more positive outlook on life, and also help get a better night's rest. It's even said that the more at peace you are, the more motivated you will be to set your goals and you'll actually achieve them. How about that? You know, I better start working on defeating my peace stealer sooner than later. I would love to benefit from these positive things in my personal life. Okay, so we talked about some of the personal peace stealers, and we even covered many of the common peace stealers others have. We talked about how the whole world seems to be chasing peace and tranquility, and will spend billions and billions of dollars to do so. But what does the Prince of Peace say about the topic? How would Jesus handle these peace stealers? If he was standing in front of you, what kind of guidance would he provide? You know, think about it. Jesus had many things that tried to steal his peace. Yet he learned how to not let them get the best of him. You know, I have found it very interesting as we continue the Fruits of the Spirit series. I've continued to research how many times these topics are actually discussed or brought up in the Bible. You know, it said that the word peace is mentioned in the Bible in some versions at least 420 times. There's a reason why the Fruits of the Spirit are such a key element of our faith. My wife and I have talked about this a lot lately. I mean, seriously, if you're trying to live a strong faith-based 
background, guided by Jesus, then ensuring the fruits of the Spirit are front and center can really propel you towards that goal. With that being said, let's spend some time and take a look at what the Bible says about peace and how to protect it. As we continue this podcast, continue to listen to this section in which we cover scripture and verses from the Bible. It can really help you with your scripture memorization, and I know we all need a little help with that. <laughs> At least I know I do. Alrighty, on to some great scripture about peace. All right, Psalm 34, 14. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Romans 12, 18. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peacefully with all. Proverbs 12, 20. Deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil. But those who plan peace have joy. Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Isaiah 26, 12. O Lord, you will ordain peace for us, for you have indeed done for us all our works. One of my personal favorites, John 16, 33. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Numbers 6.26 The Lord lift up his face to you and grant you peace. Psalm 85.8 Let me hear what the Lord God says, because he speaks peace to his people and to his faithful ones. James 3.18 those who make peace sow the seeds of justice by their peaceful acts. You know, there are literally dozens and dozens of verses discussing peace. From Psalms to Proverbs and in the Old Testament all the way through the New Testament, you can find peace discussed throughout the Bible. And what about Jesus? Jesus is known as the Prince of Peace. Anyway, he came to this earth to bring peace to believers and non-believers. He came to take away our worry and bring us calmness. There are many stories that show the peace that Jesus brings. Probably the most popular and well-known is found in Matthew 8, 23 through 27. These verses talk about when Jesus calms the storm as the disciples are scared, afraid in their boat on the Sea of Galilee. It is such a great example on how Jesus did not let things of this world steal his peace. You know, Jesus was actually sleeping when the storm started on the lake. The disciples quickly woke him up. They were scared and thought they would drown. In verse 26, he says, You have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then he gets up and rebukes the winds and the waves, and it gets completely calm. We have to activate our faith in Christ. No matter the storms in our life, no matter the distractions, no matter how hard the devil tries to rob us of our peace. And trust me, he's good at doing it. But Jesus is better. He's always there to calm the storm as long as we have the faith to believe. You know, how about when Jesus walks on water? Again, in Matthew 14, 22 through 32. You know, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. Well, he dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. 
Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink, crying out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed in the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Again, this is another example of how God will always be there for us, but we have to trust in him. No matter what the turmoil is that we are going through, Christ is there if we believe. God will not let the world steal our peace if we allow him into our world. Remember, Jesus made sure the disciples were safe and sound and made it to shore. Take heart. Jesus will make sure you get to your destination safely. Just believe. Just believe. It's crucial to our faith. You'll finally remember Jesus wasn't afraid to take time and focus on finding peace. There are multiple examples when Jesus stepped away from the disciples and from the distractions to find calmness and peace. He made time to meditate and pray and make sure he stayed focused on the task at hand. It's interesting that during some of his most turbulent times on earth, he still made time for prayer and he made sure it was a priority. He also wasn't afraid to rest. Even when it seemed like rest should be the last thing he would prioritize, he knew his journey to the cross was going to be so intense and like nothing else this world has seen that he needed to make those things a priority for himself. He didn't let the world and he didn't let the devil steal his peace, no matter how hard they were trying. I say the devil will work overtime to try to steal our peace. Think about it. If he can steal our peace, he takes our happiness and our joy away. That's exactly what he wants. You know, I think many of us have this conception of the devil as someone dressed in red tights with a little pitchfork running around, yeehaw, with a little tail sticking out of his back. You know, the devil loves distractions. The more distractions we have in our life, the more it pulls our attention and time away from the one and only thing that truly matters, and that is Christ. Remember, all the peace stealers that are present in our world, we have to control ourselves and make sure we don't let the devil trick us and allow these peace stealers to take our eyes off the prize. You know, even social media and the internet, while it does provide endless amounts of information and it has some great things about it, it gives you the data at a lightning rate. It can also rob you of your peace. You know, my wife talked about controlling our time and attention that we invest, you know, on the social media platforms because they truly can rob you of purpose and time. I was thinking back to the 2016 presidential election and I was on social media and just everybody's so divided and I saw people fighting and bickering about the candidates and even family members just divided and saying they weren't going to talk to each other again. And it was just causing so much strife and division in the world. It was truly robbing people of their peace. It even started to do it to myself. I would get on social media. I'd start getting mad. I'd start getting upset, frustrated. You know, I had to step away from the platform for a while because I started feeling like I was being robbed of my peace and I wasn't going to go there. You know, the devil's clever. He's persistent and he's going to fight us as hard as he can. But we can fight back with the power and prayer of Christ. He'll give us the peace we seek and he'll give us the peace we need. Amen. 
Last thing I want to discuss the power of having peace. You know, so many people today seem upset. They seem frustrated. They're annoyed. They're downright angry at everyone in this world. They truly, I can see it. They don't have peace. You know, imagine if we make this a focus for ourselves and keep a persistent and strong prayer life. Imagine if we stay in the word and ask Christ for help every moment of every day. We may not have peace 100% of the time. It's impossible, but we could be well on our way to living a much more peaceful life. And that's, you know, not only good for you, but probably good for everyone around you. You know, I truly hope you're enjoying the Fruits of the Spirit series. And if you're liking the podcast, please like, subscribe, or follow so you can get the latest episodes the minute we upload them. Share the podcast with those looking for some hope and encouragement in their life. And don't forget to leave us a five-star rating as we greatly appreciate the feedback. I pray you have a blessed week. I pray you have an abundant week. And I pray that you see God working throughout your life this week. Thank you for listening. And as always, I'm Stephen Ann Warniak, and this is my podcast, Joyful in Hope. Make sure you tune in next week as we continue our look at the fruits of the Spirit. Thank you, and God bless. 